Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Barbara Whiteside with us. Barbara is the lead of Succeed Real Estate. She has nearly a decade of experience. She is a five-star rated realtor from Indianapolis. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's begin with something interesting about you. People might not know. So, what would that be? Something interesting about me that people may not know. Let's see. How about when I was a kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh my god. <laughs> so how did that work out? So now I have I study marine biology as a hobby. Okay. So real estate has allowed me to, you know, live my dream, but you know, when things are a job, it's a little different how you appreciate them versus yeah. when they're a hobby. So so yeah, that's how it turned out. Real estate has facilitated me fulfilling that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? I know that you have started in entrepreneurship at least in real estate a decade back, but was this your first business or what? Oh no. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of businesses uh, over time. My first business, well my first organization that I can recall was called the Best Friends Club when I was in 3rd grade. There was a lot of people on the playground at school that weren't included and, you know, just kind of moped around and really seemed to have friends. And I decided that I wanted to change that. So I started the best friends club and anybody that wanted to be part of the best friends club was able to join. And I made sure that we all played together on the playground and included everyone. So that was my first organization, my first business that I can remember. I think I was in fourth grade. So it was like a year later. I think I was maybe like 10 in fourth grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was called Grass Cutters of America. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> a funny name now that I think about it. But as a kid, it was like, oh, this is a good name. And what had happened was I had moved from, I'd moved households. And whenever I moved, I had to get rid of a pet. And it was a ferret. I don't know if you know what a ferret is, but it looks like a mongoose kind of, like a long mouse yeah. rat type okay. of thing. It smells like a cat. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had to get rid of my ferret when I moved. And so when I got to my new place, I wanted to buy a ferret, which at that time was about $120 for a ferret. I have no idea how much they cost now. So I started knocking on doors and cutting grass and I did really well. I bought a ferret really fast. If you're a a 10 year old kid knocking on someone's door saying, can I cut your grass? Because I had to get rid of my family pet and now I want to buy a new one. Like it's really hard for people to say no. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So I I got a ferret like the first week that I was cutting grass. (laughs) First business started so while back. So did you had any jobs in between? Like did you ever do a job? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, like seventh grade, my my uncles had a, a business where they, they were subcontractors for like a moving company. So they hired me to go in. It was the coolest job, especially for a seventh grader. I would go into people's houses and like pack their belongings, right? So as a nosy kid, it was like kind of cool <laughs> to see what people had and stuff, right? So that was an enjoyable job. So that's like, I think the first job that I can remember ever having was in like seventh grade. And, you know, I worked, my family wasn't very well off. So I had to work to support myself through school. I mean, in high school, I worked like at Luca Pizza and I worked at McDonald's trying to think as an adult. Yeah, I was working at a vet clinic because I love animals, clearly. When I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter, I was 19 years old and me and my daughter's father had just separated and I found out I was pregnant. So I wasn't going to get back with him because of the baby. I just decided if things weren't good, they weren't good. So that was really what kind of spurred me into my entrepreneurship was having a child. And now Mm -hmm. I was making $6 and 25 cents at the vet clinic, which even 
that's not a lot of money, but even back then, 20 years ago, it wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. So that's what really spurred my entrepreneurship is like, okay, now you're not just this person who's sailing through the world. Now you have someone that you're responsible for. What are you going to do? So that's when I started my, one of my first businesses was I started buying and selling sunglasses mm-hmm. <laughs> on the street corner, believe it or not. And I sold a lot and I made a lot of money and it was wonderful. And I did it big, fat and pregnant. Yeah. That was like my first, like really taste of like entrepreneurship, like truly making money and not just like doing it as a hobby. You asked about a job. So like really the only other job that I had in my life, whenever I sold sunglasses and I sold different merchandise, it it got cold here. And I did outdoor sales on a street corner. It's like Mm -hmm. impulse sales. You drive by and it's like, Ooh, what did they got? I got to stop and get it. This was before the internet, but it got cold here in the, in the winter months, I would need to travel down to warmer States in order to continue my business. When my daughter turned five, she was in preschool or in kindergarten. So it was no longer an option for me. So I started looking for a job and I worked at an insurance company. I started off as a customer service rep there and I moved my way up through the marketing department. You know, a couple, I, I got promoted like three or four times in about three and a half years. I started off making about 30,000. And I think when I left, I was making close to 60. So almost doubled my income in three and a half years at, at the insurance company. I'm really glad that I worked there because it taught me about systems and processes as like an old school, just what we call hustler you don't really <laughs> about all that infrastructure and all that stuff. So that job, even though I hated it because it was a job and I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. it was a blessing. And I also got like really good computer skills out of that, which mm-hmm. I've dealt with a lot of people in the real estate industry that didn't have that kind of experience. You try to get into real estate and you don't know how to work a computer or do contracts yeah. or things like that. Like you're really on a big learning curve. So that job was a blessing. It was indeed the voice. And uh, what do you think like an entrepreneur should have to succeed in any kind of uh, venture that they start? So any personality traits or any characteristics one should have to succeed? Yeah, I think I think first and foremost, you have to have tenacity. Grit, I think is another word that they call it. You know, I think, for example, like in real estate, there's so many times that I wanted to give up. There's so many times that things got hard, money got funny. And I was just like, what am I doing? And that tenacity to just keep going and not give up on your dreams and not give up on yourself. And just that is if you don't have that, I don't know that you can call yourself an entrepreneur or that you'll ever be successful at anything because it's easy to make excuses. Oh, the economy's bad. Oh, those people are just stupid. No, you have to look at yourself and say, what can I do to be better so that I can prevail through this, if that makes sense. So just having that grit and tenacity and looking at yourself and knowing that this is your life and the outcomes depend on you and you pointing your finger at everyone and everything and blaming that for your your failures or for you being down isn't going to help you grow. So I think that's first and foremost for anyone being successful, whether you're an entrepreneur, even as an employee, as a stay-at-home mom, I mean, anything that to be successful, you have to look at yourself, take accountability, make changes, you know, pat yourself on the back when you do good, but also when you make mistakes, acknowledge them and learn from them and grow from them. Yes. So tenacity and uh, having an attitude of learning making mm-hmm. sure that if the mistakes are made they are uh, taken care of by improving on them the next time 
yes don't get down on yourself i guess some people make mistakes and they just beat themselves up and a it's lot. just pointless yeah, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> agree yes. with so yes. the way that you manage to grow your business what are the strategies so leverage i would say is definitely something that i can look back can say that that I I can attribute a lot of my success to leverage and connections relationships as well so you know I remember my business being crickets I didn't really have clients I mean I had maybe one or two clients I don't think I'd ever had a listing before and I remember and and forgive me because like none of this was a plan this was all just like throw something and see what <laughs> sticks so there's like not like this regimented thing that I can give you I just have to pull stuff out of my mind and remember things that created momentum right for my yeah. business so the first thing I can remember doing is hiring it was a lady here in Spanish speaker because I specialize in land contracts mm-hmm. and it tends to be more of the you know Latin or Hispanic culture that likes land contracts for cultural reasons I guess I can say that so I hired a, a bilingual Spanish speaker and what she was doing was taking properties that I from wholesalers that I had met through investor meetings associations mm-hmm. that I was a part of. I didn't have my own listings and honestly, like not to sound rude, but realtors, like I would post realtors listings and they would call me and yell at me. And I was like, I'm just trying to feed my kids, right? Like, don't yell at me. Like, I don't know what your problem is. I'm just trying to help you sell your property, which I thought that you would appreciate. But anyway, so I had just this draw in this better with my entrepreneurial background connection with investors. So I don't sit still very long. You can see I talk with my hands. I move a lot. So for me to sit there and do administrative work is a little hard for me. So, which is why I hired this lady. Now keep in mind, I had like barely enough to even pay her. So mm-hmm. I was like struggling, but I just, this is being an entrepreneur. You take a risk, right? Mm-hmm. So what I was having her do was take properties from these wholesalers and investors and post them on social media. And at that point I was savvy enough to like create a landing page to where they could, you know, put their information and I would capture it. So that's something that I've done from day one is take people's information and just hoard it. Like never let it go, never erase it, never delete it. I don't care if the number's wrong. I'm going to try 10 variations of that number to try to get it right. Cause I don't want to delete a contact. Right. So I had her, you know, basically building a buyer's list by doing that people that were interested in that property. We put them on a buyer's list. When we got another property, boom, we kicked it out to them as well. Well, as kept the social media posting and long story short I remember like one of my first listings I got a call from one of the people that was on that list and they just said wow we've got some properties to sell in Indiana they were from New York and we have to use you because we see how many properties you're selling I mean, at this point, I never even had a listing. Right. And so what they, and I didn't like misrepresent, but they just saw all these properties coming from my email. Mm. Right. And they just assumed that these were properties that were like my listings, Mm. but all I was trying to do was sell other investors listings and try to make a commission or try Mm. to, you know, in that case, sometimes you mark them up. And what's even funnier is after like, I think two and a half months, I end up letting go the girl that was sending out the emails and posting because I didn't have the money to pay her in real estate. You know, a lot of your efforts, you typically see a result in it's, it's just, it's so far down the road. Right. And so I started getting all these listings and all these people wanting to do business with me. And I was able to attribute it back to all that activity that she was doing that looked like it was coming from me. If that makes sense, because it was all from my email, all from my website. And that was the first thing I did that I feel like, uh, so that's why I say leverage. When I say relationships, those wholesalers, those investors, whenever they would find a deal uh, or have a, a lead, but that lead wanted retail for their property, 
they would send that lead to me because they knew that I was going to be able to close them and they knew I was going to be able to help them. Right. Mm. It wasn't, uh, I was good at assessing the situation of sellers and not asking them to do things that they were not able to do. If someone didn't have any money and they had a distressed property, I got really good at going in and saying, you don't have to do anything. We just have to price it according to where it's at. And that was a niche for me with these wholesalers and these distressed properties. So the relationships and then the leverage, mm-hmm. basically like at some point I had so much business, I didn't know what to do with it all. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Did you yes. consider hiring the person again? Uh, yeah, I do. So I have virtual assistants now. I have one full-time and I have one part-time. Okay. And yeah, the part-time one, that's what she does. She sends them out sends properties out to the buyer's list. And she also uh, posts on social media. The challenge I'm having is whenever you do that, it generates so much activity that mm-hmm. you have to be responsive. People have questions about the property. People want to see the property. I have to be careful about what I do because it's, it's so, it generates so much, you know, mm-hmm. of people wanting to be serviced. So if I, or my agents are too busy to service, then we'll slow down on our posting. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually have a wonderful problem on our team. We, we have too much business. We're all too busy. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know that. So <laughs> any growth plans that you have, like, how do you look at growth this year and next? So in terms of growth, I'm really looking more at people than I am numbers. I think in my my business, what is missing or what is the key factors in order to make it grow is, is the right people. So in terms of growth, my focus is to make a really good hire for essentially like my right hand, like I'm the, I'm the ideas person and I need the implementer, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So, you know, I have a vision and they're the ones that carry out my vision. I need to find a really good person who's good on executing that and carrying out that vision, making it organized, concise, trackable, you know, where it can be managed managed because I do have a lot of good ideas, but implementation for someone that doesn't sit still very long is a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, so that's my goal Mm -hmm. is I think once I can establish that person and get them in that place, I think from there, the sky's the limit. I really feel like with the right person or with the right people that we can take the company national and even worldwide. Of course you can. And Mm -hmm. if you can tell us about the way that you look at online, okay, as you have mentioned that you have been building landing pages in the past, currently the trend is about TikToks, about Reels, about Shorts. So do you have any, do you look at video content as a precise way of communicating with the clients or do you think that, how do you look at it? Yeah, I think I like it. I think it's wonderful. Full transparency. I'm not there. I've thought about who I'm going to hire to do editing and things like that, but it's just not something I've pulled the trigger on. I guess I'm still a little old school and old fashioned. What do I think about it? I think I'm missing out, but I've also told you that we have a problem that we're too busy, right? So it's kind of like, I have to figure out where it fits, I guess, if that makes sense, because it's a learning curve, it's all brand new, but I definitely think it's the way of the future. I think it's the way to go through my basic knowledge of like, let's say YouTube, for instance, the only thing that I have found, you know, that I feel like it's good to generate and cause I'm looking at lead generation in terms of like name recognition, brand recognition here locally in Indianapolis, I've established that, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever I do any type of advertising or if I'm spending money or spending time, I know this sounds bad, but I want results. Like I want to lead, right? I don't want people to be like, oh, I know who Barbara is. I know who Succeed Real Estate is Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's, that's the, I've already established that. So one of my questions or hesitations, I think 
is I haven't figured out how to generate seller leads through video marketing. Mm -hmm. I, I can definitely see how to generate buyer lead, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to do videos on a certain area, neighborhood. So when people are online searching, like what's it like to live in Carmel, Indiana and mm -hmm. your YouTube you know, episode shows up of what it's like to live in Carmel, Indiana. I get that they're going to call you, but I haven't quite figured out how to use that to get someone to list with you. So I think if I can get a little bit more nailed down and specific on how to get listings, I think that would get me over the hump and I would jump on it and start doing it right away. But yeah. we really don't need more buyers. I know that sounds bad. We need <laughs> <laughs> so and inventory has been a problem like uh, for most of the people so inventory is low so and buyer number is higher so yeah yes. i get it so yes. if you can tell us about the extra ten thousand dollars that you have on your budget so what would you do if you had ten thousand dollars extra on your budget ten thousand dollars extra on the budget so i think what I would like to do with that is throw an event for the community and make it a fundraiser sponsored by Succeed Real Estate. And so I would want to find causes in the area that need help and basically just use the funds in order to attract people to get them to come and donate or spend money, silent auctions, performances, things like that. So definitely have a very high calling to give back to the community. I feel like for the last six or seven years, I've just been grinding, trying to build a business and I'm to the point point where I've kind of hit a wall and it's like, okay, what's your purpose? Like, what are you here for? What good are you meant to do besides just selling houses? Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I would do with that extra money is I would put on an event to, to help and give back to people that need help. So yes. favorite quotation, what would be your favorite quote? Baba? My favorite quote, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And elaborate it for us. Well, I mean, it's, it's not true. You don't get lucky by working hard. <laughs> hard work. <laughs> Hard work just pays off. So it could seem like you're getting lucky. So I just heard that and it always stuck with me. Another one that I like, I don't know if I'll say this right, is by Henry Ford is uh, whether you believe it or not, it's true. Mm -hmm. Right. And that one is basically, you know, if you believe it, you can conceive it. If you believe it, conceive it, you can achieve it. Mm -hmm. So if you believe that you can't do it, that's true. And if you believe that you can do it, that's true. So that's another one that stuck with me. So just set my mind to something and then I just work hard at it, right? So those two quotes like hand in hand just define me as a human. Yeah, so harder you work, the luckier you get. And uh, whether you believe it or not, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. It's true, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now tell us about the book that you're writing, Barbara. If you were to write a book about your life, about yourself or about your business, what would be the name of the book and why would you name it so? So right now at this stage in my life, if I wrote a book, I would call it the midlife metamorphosis. Um, I don't know if you know, but a lot of people hit their 40s and 50s and they go through what they call a midlife crisis. crisis yeah. Well, whether you believe it or not, it's true. So I don't believe I'm going through a crisis, right? Yeah. So I've renamed my midlife crisis as a midlife metamorphosis. It kind of just goes back to what I said about the charity event is that I'm going through a stage in my life where it's like, I've kind of done everything that I wanted to do. Like my business is called Succeed Real Estate. I wanted to succeed. Guess what? I succeeded. And now it's like, now what? Right? Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at in my life. So if I were to write a book right now in this moment, mm -hmm. I would write about all the things that led me up to this midlife metamorphosis where I'm at. And, you know, basically, I don't know how it would end because I'm trying to design my future around giving back and helping people more than just making money. Yeah. So midlife metamorphosis. Good name. <laughs> Thank nice. <laughs> so thank you so much, Barbara, for being on the show. It was wonderful having you today. It was a pleasure My meeting pleasure. you. 
थैंक यू सो मच अगेन आई एम योर होस्ट किरण अग्रार साइनिंग ऑफ यू गाइस हैव अ वंडरफुल डे बाय गाइस